0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Salem United Methodist Church Conway. You can find us on the web at salemumcconway.org.
1: Our New Testament reading for the day will be from the second second chapter of Acts, uh, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the days, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on these days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before coming to the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Our second lesson this morning comes to us from the Epistle to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. Romans eight twelve through 17 So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, It is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy Spirit. Come and fall afresh on us. Help us to hear the message that you have for us today. Open our hearts and our minds to receive it. Father God, we give you thanks for your spirit. For sending it to live among us, to help us along our way of discipleship. Lord, I ask now that you would use me as your instrument of grace and truth. That you would speak through me and in spite of me. In your name we pray. Amen. In March, Carrie and I took a trip to Dallas. And like most people, when you go someplace that you've not been in a long time or that you're not familiar with, nowadays anyway... You pull out your phone and you go to that map app, right? And you make sure your GPS is on and you type in where you're going. Or if you've got GPS on your car in the dash or somewhere, you, you punch in where you want to go. Or my boys love it. My parents' car has OnStar and they're like, Nana, Pops, use OnStar because they like, anyway. So we punch it in, right? And we, we ask it, where are we going? And we wait for the calm voice of the woman on the other side to come and tell us where to go take a right and go five miles this way and then you'll take a left you know you know what I'm saying and then when you you miss it recalculating right but what's really great about it is when you get there it tells you you've arrived at your destination and so you're looking well where's my destination to make sure you turn the correct way right so on our last day of our trip, Carrie and I had decided we wanted to go to the Irving Mall. There was a store there that she just had to go to before we left town. And so I said, yes, dear, being the great husband that I am. And we went and we took out from the hotel on our way home. And I punched in the Irving Mall into my phone, which had been great throughout the whole trip. No issues. So I trusted it. And we start going and everything is going great until it takes us into this residential area. And I get this sinking feeling in my gut, this is not right. You ever had that? But I trusted my phone. We trust our apps. We just listen and we do as we're told by the voice in the little box sitting next to us, right? And so I followed it. And then it gives me those, those magic words, you've arrived at your destination. But you know where we were? We were in a cul-de-sac at the end of a residential street that had a fence right up next to the uh, end of the road there. And we could see the Irving Mall right over there. I thought, well, the only way we're going to get there is if we get out and climb this fence and scale the barbed wire. And, you know, that wasn't working. So luckily for me, I have map skills, which I worry about our kids not having that. And I pulled out the map and figured out how to actually get there. But I trusted it. You know, there's stories all over the internet about mess-ups with our GPS systems like this, where they've taken you to places that you really weren't supposed to go to. But it's because we put our trust in them. We put our trust in a lot of things, don't we? Especially when we need to get from point A to point B. We put our trust in people to lead us in certain directions. We put our trust in our phones and our GPS devices, our map apps. Trust that may or may not be deserved. And it doesn't always work. We're led in a wrong direction or the best route is not always the route given. You know, this happens in life as well. We look to the wrong things to lead us. At times it is intentional and at other times it's unintentional. But we're all led astray from seeking righteousness. righteousness, From being led by God who wants only the best for us. This is natural after all, because of our human condition and the sinful nature that we all possess. However, Paul reminds us in our text today that we are all heirs to God and joint heirs with Christ. It is in this lineage where we find the power and strength to overcome our sinful nature, our humanness, our fleshy ways that lead us down the wrong path like my GPS did. Paul in his letter to the Romans is laying out his theology of Christ. At the time in which this letter is written, Paul has not visited the church at Rome. In this first part of the letter, he's trying to convince them of his belief. Get them to trust Him. In this specific section, Paul lays out that when we claim Christ, we should be led in our lives by the Spirit and not by the flesh. An issue for Christians throughout all time. Overcoming our sinful nature that screams at us to follow our human ways, to give in to our temptations. You know that voice that says, oh, it'll be okay. Just this one time. In verse 14, though, we're told that we should all be led by the Spirit, for all who are led by the Spirit are children of God, heirs to Christ. Christ. This means that we're heirs to the family of Abraham. We have a birthright for the salvation that is offered to God's people through Jesus Christ. Paul is basically saying to us, because we are heirs to the good life, the life of salvation, free from the bondage of slavery and death, then we should live like it. We've been adopted into the family of God, as Paul says, when we cry out to God, Abba, Father, when we accept that Christ is needed in our lives for our salvation, and then the adoption happens, we become part of the lineage of Christ. Heirs to Christ. It is through that adoption that we are offered the empowerment of the Spirit to live life to the fullest. Abiding in Christ as we are led by the Spirit. The problem is, that we don't always live like this. In verse 15, Paul says, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption. If we live our lives led by the Spirit instead of by the ways of the flesh, the spirit of slavery, then we have been divinely adopted and we have within us the ability to say no to the practices that carry the smell of death with them. We're able to throw off the habits that trap and kill us. The habits of hate, of fear, despair, hopelessness, worry and anxiety, bitterness and anger, agitation. The practices of being unkind to others, of being hypocrites and insincere. Being unfaithful and lacking self-control. However, for many of us, we have issues with these things on this list. I know I have issues with things on this list. And if we all wanted to get real with each other, we would tell each other exactly what it is, right? But we're too quick though to say, you know, that's just because we're human. We're sinful. We can't obtain righteousness and we're, we're just doing our best. That's our excuse anyway. Friends, this is not what Paul is saying to us in our text from Romans today. No, he is saying that if we claim Christ, then we've been adopted by Christ. We're heirs to Christ. We've been given the Spirit to lead us. Which helps us to throw off all of these bad things. These things that lead us to death. Into a spirit of slavery and bondage. And because we have that, it gives us no more excuses. Paul is reminding us that on the day of Pentecost, the day that we celebrate here today, that the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, was given to us so that we can overcome our sinful nature. So that we can overcome our humanness. So that they can no longer be excuses for us that hold us in slavery. Now there's many different names that have been given to the Holy Spirit. Such as the paraclete, the helper, the counselor, the comforter, the convictor, guide, teacher, witness. All of these are descriptions of the third person of the Trinity. The person of God who leads us in the way who helps us to live our lives and to overcome our human condition and our frailties. But the Spirit above all functions, I believe, as a helper. Do you want to be led by and filled with the Spirit and the work of the Helper? Bill Bright says this about the Holy Spirit. He says to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with Christ. The Holy Spirit claimed to glorify Christ. Therefore, if I am filled with the Spirit, I am abiding in Christ. And if I am controlled and empowered by Christ, He will be walking around in my body, living His resurrection life in and through me. Have you ever thought about it that way? What Bill Bright and Paul are telling us is that if we live a life filled with and led by the Spirit then we will live a life of resurrection. A life that allows us to grow in the faith. A life that allows us to truly claim our lineage as heirs to Christ. A life full of abundance. Full of growth. It's a life that is marked by the fruits of the Spirit. You know, you've read about them in Galatians chapter 5. A life marked by love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Friends, the list of bad habits that I listed earlier, those are the opposites of the fruits of the Spirit. When we live a life led by the Spirit, we live a sanctified life. Where the Spirit is there to help us, to sanctify us. The Spirit leads us into a relationship of intimacy with God versus a relationship of fear and slavery. The Spirit assures us when we see the fruits of the Spirit in our life that we are assured of our divine adoption. In bearing the fruits of the Spirit, we throw off these habits that come to kill and to destroy us. You know, the Holy Spirit, though, is not the first thing on our minds as Christians, unfortunately. We've forgotten the third person of the Trinity. But there's an entirely different sermon about that one I think I preached last year. So when I ask you, when is the last time that you called upon the Spirit of God? When was the last time you cried out to the Spirit of God to come and fill your life? To lead you, as Bill Bright said in his quote, to fill us up and to lead us so that Christ can abide in us. When is the last time you cried out to the Spirit and asked for that? We can put our trust in a lot of things. We can try to live our lives in a certain way and on our own terms, the way that we want to live. And when we do, we can end up falling into those bad habits. Our fleshy ways, they get a hold of us, and they do nothing but kill us. They lead us down a wrong road, much like my GPS did. But for those of us who profess Christ, and we haven't asked the Spirit to fill us up, we have a lesson to learn It's one that I had to learn this week as I struggled and wrestled with this text and with this message that God was asking me to preach. You know, we can be a lot like that trip that Carrie and I took to Dallas. Going to the Irving Mall where we we can get close enough just to see it, but we can't quite get there. We know what the Christian life is supposed to look like. We see it in others and we want it. But what we're following... What we're putting our trust in to get us there is not the Holy Spirit. So it leads us to a dead end with a fence where we see what we want, but we can't quite reach it. Church, it's time that we surrender our lives to God by crying out to the Holy Spirit to fill us up and to say we will be led by nothing but the Spirit So that everyone will see within us our love instead of our hate and fear. Our joy instead of our despair. Our peace instead of our worry and our anxiety. Our patience instead of bitterness and agitation. Our kindness instead of our unkind actions or inactions. Not rejoicing in the good of others. They'll see our goodness instead of our hypocrisy and insincerity. They'll see our faithfulness instead of our unfaithful absence. Our gentleness instead of our selfishness. They'll see our self-control instead of our impulsive in-the-moment way of life. I believe that if we all followed this, our world in general would be better. Now, I know that we're not all Christians on this planet, but there's a lot of us out there. And so if we did live this way, the world would still be much better than it is today. And those of us who are Christians, or those who aren't Christians, excuse me, would see it within us. They would catch it. They would want what we have. And because of this, the church would be much stronger a much better equipped to go out and to reach the world, to transform lives. Because others would see how our lives have been transformed by being led by the Spirit. This year at Pentecost, let us not forget the third person of the Trinity. Let us cry out for the Holy Spirit to lead us, to remember that we are adopted heirs to the kingdom of God heirs to Christ, and let the Spirit of God lead us in all that we do. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you will join us in worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. We're located at 1018 Salem Road in Conway, Arkansas.